Welcome to Traditionally Talking, the podcast of the Federation of Victorian Traditional Owner Corporations. I'm your host, journalist Charles Parkiner, and in this podcast, we yarn with traditional owners from across the state about some of the amazing work being undertaken to care for and connect with country, build stronger culture and communities, and much more. The Federation of Victorian Traditional Owner Corporations acknowledges all traditional owners across the land now known as Victoria. We pay respect to their connection to land, waters, culture and law, and to Elders past, present and those who will lead in years to come. Welcome to today's podcast, and I'm really pleased today to be joined by two amazing people who've been doing some great work up in the Mildura area with the First Peoples of the Millawa Mallee Aboriginal Corporation. First of all, we have Barkindji woman Kayla Bowden, who's a cultural ranger up that neck of the woods. Kayla, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. And also by Sheridan Stevens, who's the nursery manager. Sheridan, welcome to the podcast to you as well. Thank you, Charles. Start with you, Sheridan. Give us a little bit of a thumbnail dipped in tar sketch of the nursery, when it started, and what it's currently doing. We are a small nursery based in northwestern Victoria. Our main goal is to grow reveg, to uh, heal country, and First People are in the process of acquiring uh, Ned's Corner Station, which is a privately owned, has been a privately owned conservation property. Our main goal is to grow as many species as we can endemic to that area with seed collected from that area to restore the country. And Kayla, now as the cultural ranger, I want to get a bit of a better understanding of what exactly that means. So what's a typical day for Kayla out on country or in the nursery? Or is there no such thing as a typical day? Every day is really different, but um, at the moment... I'm kind of taking on a bit of a team leader role, sort of warming some new employees in the the nursery into preparing the seeds, growing the seeds and, yeah, looking after them from there. But at the moment, I'm just doing a lot of data collection. Kayla, when you're talking about seeds, what sort of seeds typically are we looking at and what's the variety? We work closely with a lot of acacias and eucalyptuses, just a huge range, so... I like to educate myself. I try to work closely with identifying them myself. Let me just jump in there. How do you manage that? Because obviously you, you're driven to, to know more about the native horticulture of the area. So who are your mentors when it comes to working with these plants? I think it was um, a year ago I actually did a Cert 3 in horticulture. So we were back and forth from... TAFE, pretty much learning from the teachers, and Sheridan, we work closely with her as well. And Sheridan, how long have you been involved with the nursery? Um, 12 months now, yeah, so when we started we had an opportunity with the Junga program to grow bush tucker food, or, f- mm-hmm. or specifically species that could be grown in our seed production area, which is also a newly acquired property in Birdwoodton, that's near Merbein, so... First people have purchased a property that we plan on setting up for bulk seed collection in the future just to secure 
seed stocks because wild harvest is has its limitations. What sort of plants specifically are we talking about that are falling under this program? Uh, we're talking about the acacias, so acacia stenophylla or um, culturally known as river cuba. So river cuba, a variety of acacias. Also, we're aiming to grow rare and threatened species. So that's a bit of a challenge always, especially uh, rare and threatened. There's a reason they're rare and threatened. Sure. And it's because they don't germinate easily perhaps or haven't had the conditions. So we collect those. We work closely with an, an expert who knows the Mallee extremely very well and guides us in that direction of uh, species. You mentioned bush tucker plants. Yeah. So how much success have we had in that particular area? A lot of success. So one of our key species is Acacia victoriae, a prickly acacia, also known as the elegant wattle. Is that right? Yeah. Sticky wattle. Sticky wattle. Oh. <laughs> Lots of names. So we've grown that on mass to be planted in our seed production area for collection as a, a food Product. So where will that actually be used? I mean, is uh, are the first peoples actually looking to create an industry out of native foods? Potentially, eventually, but at this point, it's a big job to set up a seed production area, and you know, species selection is also important. And all of the Aboriginal growers, the very small percentage that there is, we don't want to all be growing the same thing. We, I guess, we need to grow what suits our climate that way we're not flooding a market with all of the same easiest to grow species Kayla I want to come back to you and to you personally you're a young Aboriginal woman how long have you actually been involved in this particular program I've started about two and a half years ago two and a bit why is the cultural range of work important to you personally I feel like I'm really passionate in healing the country as well and learning a lot about bush tucker and the importance of sort of bringing it back and educating ourselves a lot more and also because we work closely with a lot of kids programs it's sort of something that we feel proud to sort of pass on to them. So do you see yourself maybe not so much now but in the future as an educator of our young people to start resurrecting a lot of the cultural heritage that was almost lost if not lost yeah absolutely yep definitely and are there any activities currently going now where you have young people coming in and learning about this so at the moment there is indigenous school program that's in the talks at the moment with working closely with us with reveg of bush tucker plants in their school and they're learning about them at the same time Sheridan, how important is the Jukajuk Junga program to the First Peoples of the Middle Mallee in its efforts? Jukajuk Junga program allowed our seed collection team to continue collecting and the nursery to establish some initial suitable systems for growing. And the best outcome is that how it's inspired us to think about bush tucker even in our own community and how inaccessible it is to people and other Aboriginal organisations in our community. So we really need to get the get the plants out there available for sale on a small scale, even in our local community, because people want to buy it. They just don't know where to buy it. You mentioned 
it provided the opportunity to implement some systems. What are yep. we talking about specifically? So there? some small equipment purchases so we could do successfully do cuttings. So we didn't have a sophisticated enough system to you know, ensure the success of the growing of those cuttings. So mostly irrigation-based equipment. The nursery itself, how many people would you have traditionally in post-COVID coming through on maybe a weekly basis? So we're currently not open to the public. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we've got these um, two streams really. It's our bush tucker aligning with the Jakajat Janga program and our growing reveg for big projects. But we do also have a few other government agency orders and supply a little bit of stock to local council we're quite a small nursery and our, our Ned's Corner task is big and that will be keeping us very busy and I, I don't see us opening to the public anytime soon. We've got a big Ned's Corner project ahead of us. We can talk about the Ned's Corner project at a later date and yep. certainly that's something we will be doing. But what about the next, say, 24 months for the nursery? What are the big goals and ambitions there? The big goals are to increase our growing space and to start growing more in Heiko's. We're very uh, tube stock based at the moment. Mm-hmm. There's a lot less room needed and a f- faster seeding process and also it has the clients, I suppose, prefer Heiko's because they're a lot faster to plant. So there's a lot of labour saving, which means you can grow a lot more plants in a lot less time. What do you do in situations where knowledge has been all but lost? Oh, we really just rely on the people who have been living in the area who know their species and are passionate about biodiversity targets, but with a respect to the cultural necessity of these programs. How many cultural ranges do you actually have on the ground? We have four teams. So there's River Rangers, the Ned's Corner team, Safe Havens team, Nursery and Seed Bank. That's actually five if you can do maths, but... (laughs) (laughs) It was pushing Um, a little bit. And how many ranges across those five teams? Approximately 30. Yeah, fairly evenly divided. So Seed Team is four. Nursery is currently six. We've got some new employees. Very exciting to have some new Aboriginal people on board starting to invest their interest in in plants with uh, no hort experience, but they're really sinking their teeth into it and I can see great benefits coming for them. We're, We're a really diverse team at the nursery now. We've got sort of all ages and all walks of life, I suppose. Kayla, just to you for a sec. We're talking about quite a number of, of ranges of all ages, as Sheridan mentioned. How important is it for you to see a lot, so many of your mob, young and older, coming in to take up these roles and working side by side with you to, to heal country? Because that's your passion, isn't it? Healing country. Yeah, so a lot of them ha- like come from different backgrounds, um, have different stories. And yeah, I feel like it sort of makes me a little bit proud that they're like sort of getting out of the space that they're in and really throwing themselves out to um, your country as much as we are. And they're finding, a a lot of them are finding a passion for it as well. So yeah, they're chucking themselves in the deep end a bit, which is, yeah. Always a good thing. Yeah, it's definitely good. Sheridan, Kayla was mentioning that 
there are mob coming there from all backgrounds, and I assume that also means cultural backgrounds. So it must be a fairly diverse mob mix within those five teams of rangers. How does that work dynamically? It's actually a, a, a beautiful thing. So there's, you know, lots of common common stories even amongst different nations. Yeah, we love hearing yarns about what childhood games and stories and punishments and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Wachi and... We, yeah, we sort of wish this was video because Kayla had a bit of a smile on her face when we talked about punishments. <laughs> yeah, rude words. No, we, we have lots of fun at the nursery. It's a beautiful place for fostering their connection to even those things, a bit of language and food stories and yeah. So, it's so it seems to me that it's much more than regeneration and protection of of species and also healing of country there's also that strong cultural building element Kayla is that important for you as a young Aboriginal woman coming up in this post-colonial or post-invasion world yeah I feel like it's definitely important and it's fun in in some way that sort of sharing different sort of stories and backgrounds with non-indigenous peoples so yeah it's definitely important to me well, look, we've run out of time, unfortunately, so what's left for me is to say thank you to Sheridan Stevens and Kayla Bowden and uh, wishing you all the best. And we will pop up in about six months' time and have a bit of a look and see what's going on and report more. So, ladies, thank you so much indeed. Thank yeah, you. You're welcome, Charles. Thanks. Yep. It was a thank pleasure. You.